I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. This is part two of the Kelsey Smith abduction and murder case. And <laughs> that's such an encouraging smile you're giving me, Claire. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be encouraging. Well, I'm encouraging you to tell me your story, but not encouraging murder, <laughs> if that's what you mean. <laughs> no, I meant thanks for the smiles and nods. It was oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> when we left off in part one, the police had just arrested Edwin Hall for the mur- abduction rape and murder of Kelsey Smith, and he was casually going on vacation. Yeah, likely story. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want this to be construed as though I'm making an excuse for Edwin to rape and murder someone, but I do feel bad for him and what he went through as a kid, and as we all know, childhood trauma can be very impactful in your brain, physical brain and in the decisions you make because of the makeup of your physical brain, which can change through traumatizing events. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. And you see that in a lot of bigger cases. And um, just childhood trauma is extremely impactful on a child's mind because you're malleable at that age. Like your brain is still forming. So anything you pick up as a child is going to cement in your brain as an adult. Physically and literally. Yes. Like, uh, like your literally. brain looks different. <laughs> yes. It, it changes your whole brain, like how your brain works and how you see the world. And um, like Randy said, it's a physical change. So you can see it if you look at like um, one of those things. Brains. No. <laughs> no. Like one of those. Picture, you, the little. Uh, you, x-rays. Yes. <laughs> No, it's like an MRI. If you look at an MRI. MRI. Okay. That is an x-ray, technically. Okay. Brains. (laughs) It's a brain. I know it's a brain. (laughs) Oh, God. He had an assault charge when he was a juvenile, but he has no criminal history other than that, none in his adult life. And he was actually adopted when he was seven which is pretty old to be adopted. Yeah. So before that, I'm assuming that he was just bounced around the foster system. Yeah, and the foster system can be brutal. I mean, I've never had to be in a foster home before, but my uh, my aunt and my uncle were both wonderful foster parents, and some of these kids that would come in, like, coming and staying with my aunt and uncle was the best thing. Like, I I heard them, they took care of um, these three sisters, and... They just loved it at their house because they got hot meals all the time. They got to stay in their own room. They had fresh sheets. It was just like you could I couldn't even imagine where else they had stayed and what conditions they had been in because the fact that like clean sheets was exciting, I can only imagine, you know. That's terrible. So I'm assuming that's where he was before. Right. And which just tells me that he endured a lot of hardships before he was even seven, which is crazy. And so he was adopted, and for lack of a better word, his adoptive parents returned him, which I cannot imagine how that, you know, what that does to your self-worth, because he 
threatened their daughter with a knife, which is like not okay, but no. also he was like a child who had trauma and instead of and they adopted him. Like right. Which they, means like, that he lived with them for a while as a foster in a foster situation before the adoptive part happened. And then they were just like, never mind. What the heck? I feel like you can do that as a foster parent, but not as an adoptive parent. That's just, you give a child so much hope and then like snatch it away because they acted out, which is not okay. That was a very violent thing to do. But as you're their parents now and you, you need to deal with it. Right. I mean, like, a kid isn't, like, a dress that you wear for the night and then return. Mm-hmm. It's just not how that works. And like we said, the brain is extremely malleable at this time, at this age. Even, I don't I don't know when your brain starts to actually, like, stop developing. I think it's, like, but... in your late 20s. Or for guys. Really? <laughs> I know for guys it's later because women are superior. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> the way you said that. And you were like fixing your eyelash and like a little flip of the hair. Like, because women are superior. We are. <laughs> Physically, our brains are better. Our brains are better, but yeah, I guess you have more testosterone, Ben, and you can be stronger, but we're smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what matters. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just, you can't just send the kid back and there's so many other resources you could go I to know. i was like, like take him to a therapist no and i'm sure that they could have had help financially with that yeah <sighs> everybody should be seeing a therapist so it's the parents fault that this happened no just kidding <laughs> um, it's not an excuse it's just no. a reason to uh, and i'm not going to empathize with him cuz yeah. i have never raped and murdered someone but just a reason to give you a little bit of sympathy to understand where he's coming from and right. that maybe he wasn't a full blown monster maybe he was like a a baby monster and his circumstances enhanced yeah exactly that yeah okay mhm the police say that they don't think he knew Kelsey, um, but that when he saw her at Target, like I was saying earlier, he kind of acted, you know, on the opportunity that a really pretty young woman was walking into Target and she appeared to be alone. And he might have, you know, been following her around to make sure she was alone. I don't know. Right. Which is what happened in the Kenya Monhe case as well. Mm-hmm. Just like an opportunity and they seized it. Yeah. And, oh, the fingerprint in the car did match Edwin's that was on the seatbelt. He was charged with first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. No rape charges, which I was confused about, but um, I couldn't really find an explanation for that. What I'm assuming is that that's what aggravated the assault or the kidnapping charge, Um, but... Maybe they just figured it'd be easier to do those two charges and that maybe they didn't have enough evidence for the rape charge and they didn't want to take the chance at trial with getting him off, you know. Right. It's a risky charge to stick, um, especially since the rape victim is no longer alive. And I don't know if they had, like, DNA evidence. I don't know. So Yeah, but the body did look like it had been raped, Well, it, it was naked. Right. So... Maybe that I think that what it was is they probably just couldn't prove 
because she is dead that uh that he didn't have sex with her and then like consensually and then perform this attack you can't i mean you can't prove that it's very unlikely that 100 percent did not happen yeah but you know who's to say he didn't have sex with her like that morning right and then attacked her at the target so anyways i don't i'm just assuming that's the reason he pleaded guilty and avoided the death penalty just like in the kenya monhe and lydia tillman's story if you want to know our opinions about capital punishment, you can listen to our giant rant about it back in episode one. Yes. Um, but Edwin got life in prison without the possibility of parole. And at the sentencing hearing, the courtroom was packed with people wearing shirts that said Kelsey's Army on it. Oh, my gosh. I know. Really sweet. That gave me total goosebumps. I'm not even you let me see let me see well you can't see him anymore because i rubbed him off but it gave me goosebumps <laughs> for a second it was like a whole body experience oh my gosh i could just picture that i know that's really sweet and i love all the support that I know. comes out of this and really also touching. at the sentencing hearing um kelsey's mom um spoke and this is just an excerpt of a quote of, and she's referencing edwin's son she said, I will continue to pray for God to protect that little boy. He is going to need it. Oh, boy. But she, like, cried, like, in between the sentences, and it was mm-hmm. just really, like, the recording of it's really emotional. And I'm sure. I just thought that, you know, no one would blame her for being just completely unconcerned with anything yes. except for her own grief at that moment Absolutely. and she had the kindness to think about his son that's, yeah and like his family that's so sweet yeah i think i i swear forgiveness brings out the good in people it does <laughs> um her parents met with legislators after this cuz they were like no other parent is going to go through what we did with Verizon Yes. Oh, my God. And they established the Kelsey Smith Act. The Kelsey Smith Act is an amendment to the Communications Act of 1934, and it gives law enforcement permission to track the cell phone of a missing person. And phone companies do not have a choice whether or not to comply. Okay, so I love this piece of legislation. Personally, I think it's extremely helpful and um i know that there can be some issues with it in terms of like first amendment rights because it does say that you can access someone's phone records without their permission so i can kind of get behind that but i'm more on the side of the benefits of having an act like this in um our legislation here in the state and i know colorado has it um but i could see why other states would vote to not have that be a part of their constitution Yes, and I agree that from, like, a utilitarian greatest good for the greatest amount of people situation that this law makes a lot of sense. But I can also see that there could be a case in which someone is claiming that someone's missing when they're not really missing and that they fabricate a story in order to access someone's phone records without their consent. And that's problematic. I think that in most cases that this is going to be used in a very beneficial way. So I see that and I 
understand that. And because of that, I support this law. But I also see the valid point that the other side has. Also super awesome that voters can vote on it. And yeah, if you it is don't a state like it, issue. Yeah, it's a state issue. So if you don't like it, you can vote no for it if it ever comes up on the ballot, which I don't I don't know if it's ever recently come up on any state ballots. But um, I think it's a really cool piece of legislation. I'm glad that our state has it. Um, and I'm excited about about what came out of this. It's really awesome. Me too. And like Claire said, the Kelsey Smith Act is in Colorado. It was signed into law in um in May. I was gonna say in Colorado. Signed into law in Colorado. Oh, was in it? Colorado <laughs> in May of 2013. And Kelsey's mom, who's been very instrumental in helping other states implement this act, has said that citizens contacting their local legislators has been the best way that they've been able to do it. Just because I I don't know if a lot of legislators you know, have this on their radar because it's when you think of legislation, you're not necessarily thinking of what legislation could help missing persons cases move along quicker. Like that's right. You know, so I think it's just a matter of pointing it out to them. Absolutely. And saying that you support it. Right. And sometimes that's like the best policy is just like if nobody's going to pay attention, make them pay attention. Right. And Later on, after all of this, Kelsey's dad, who, if you remember, was a police officer. I do, yes. Got into politics. That's really cool. And he ended up serving as a state senator in Kansas. Oh, neat. Aw. Go, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Yes, he's (laughs) awesome. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU-FM Fort Collins. Tune in to continue listening to the Kelsey Smith story and the establishment of the Kelsey Smith Act. The family also established the Kelsey Smith Foundation, and it helps to educate people about just general safety. And the fact that Kelsey, a young woman, not that much younger than us, was abducted in broad daylight in a store that we go to like once a week is scary. And her parents noticed that a lot of these safety efforts were mostly targeted towards children like uh don't talk to strangers you know all right, that kind, yeah. all those things and there's not there wasn't a whole lot for people our age that is like we're kind of like the target demographic of people to abduct and we're like not kids but we're not full adults we're like in the middle yeah it's a weird place and to be we're right not now. that smart and we make <laughs> dumb choices but we're adults still so right There needs to be some education for people like us. And that's what her parents, that's what their foundation does, which is so cool. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's a really unique perspective to take on safety um, just because as adults, we're expected to be adults and um, we don't sit down in a classroom and like, okay, here's the 10 rules when you go out at night clubbing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really awesome that they're going around and spreading the word in a an effective way. I think that's awesome. And I think it's very important to make sure we, I think I said it already, already, but establish that Kelsey didn't do anything wrong or unsafe. She actually was very aware of her surroundings in the parking lot. She wasn't on her phone. She got into her car immediately. Like, she didn't do anything wrong. She was fine. But it's just like... I don't know, maybe she could have 
looked around her more. I don't even know because he ran up on her. He probably was hiding, but. It's such a, this is a weird situation to be in because there really wasn't any prep that she could have done to make sure that she was in a safe environment before this happened. No, and I know that parking lots are scary. Parking lots are, I hate walking in parking lots in the night. I, you you drive me to my car all the time. (laughs) It's because you park really far away all the well, time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I don't want someone to abduct you. Exactly, and like the parking lot that we usually park in, it's pretty like quiet at night when we um, leave at eleven o'clock. So, <laughs> um, it's just creepy. I know. I actually had a really scary parking lot incident the other week. Did I tell you about that at Safeway? No. Please tell me though. Oh my god. Okay. So. Okay. I went to Safeway at night and because it was on Friday and they give a 10% discount to students on Friday and I Bless. couldn't go till night. I don't <laughs> normally, I didn't choose to go at night. Right. But, um, well, I guess I did choose. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I, so I was walking out to my car at night and there wasn't very many people there because it was like nine o'clock and someone parked their car directly beside mine, which I just thought was weird because there was tons of parking spots right. open. And I was walking to my car and made eye contact with the guy in the car, and he was sitting in the passenger seat, which was directly beside my driver's seat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like, he was just sitting there, like it, like it. He could have been waiting for someone, but it was just weird because he was making eye contact with me this whole time. Right. And luckily, I didn't have that many things, so I could just I was just carrying my groceries in my hand, and so I just decided to get in on my passenger seat and crawl over and then then get into my driver's seat. That way, he didn't have the opportunity to open his door and pull me into his car. Right. And Oh, that's so scary. I can't believe you didn't tell me this. I thought I told you. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was scary. And he very well was just, like, waiting for his wife or something to go grocery shopping and yeah. didn't want to go in. But I was just like, why are you... Why are we making such intense eye contact? <laughs> so... I'm just like, if you are on your phone or if you're fumbling around in your purse for your keys, you don't see these things. And no. it's just in a parking lot, especially in the daytime, you've at nighttime, like there's just like an ominous feeling. So you're extra aware. But at all times, clearly this happened at like, I think it was like 11 a.m. and in Target of all places. So I think it just goes to show that you as a young woman have to be on your guard all the time. Absolutely. On your guard? That's not what I'm to say. <laughs> Have your guard up yes. all the time. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to the Kelsey Smith story. We have a kind of similar story next week. It'll be, Su- or next episode. It'll be Suzanne Joven. And it's a really cool cold case. And um, I hope you'll tune in. I'll be leading the episode. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.